we shouldn't be not considered for job position because of some aspects of our identities. We need to check if, are you a good professional? You are, you have the commitment, you have this and have the other skills and knowledge that it's important, but your appearance, uh, your faith, uh, if with who you are, that it's not a point that it's not inside this professional, uh, umbrella. Hello, my friends. I'm your host, Victor Rampadrat. Welcome to the show where we share the lived experiences of ordinary people just like you. We're amplifying your voice to provide a different perspective on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Our goal is simple. Humanize DEI so we can move closer to a culture of belonging and respect. Our next guest immigrated from Brazil and currently works with an organization called Pride at Work Canada. As an openly gay man, he shares his experiences of self-preservation to avoid homophobia, its intersection between workplace and society, and how he's evolving to become his authentic self. Welcome to the show, Louise. How are you today? Thank you. Uh, I'm I'm doing well, and I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, and it's a moment that I can also that I can share some of my experience, but also I can learn with my own experience when I give just the voice to them. I love that. So, <laughs> I mean, even in, in speaking and sharing your story, there's a learning aspect of it for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. When I think that when we visit our memories, we can add, do, uh, do that in a, in a way that will be learning again, or we can just see from a different perspective that we are changing every day. I love that. I love that. And I mean, I, I, I hear the accent. You grew up in Brazil. What was it like growing up as a young man in Brazil? Yeah, um, um, thank you for the young man. <laughs> uh, growing up, it's, I think that could be tough everywhere. Um, but uh, for myself, I had a quite good uh, childhood uh, that I can say with I have good memories I also have the bad memories as everyone um, and but in relations to my own identity this is it's been a process that uh, that I just could face who I'm becoming uh, years later uh, but growing up in Brazil it's really tough uh, consider that we are the Brazil, it's the country that leads the homophobia and transphobia in the world. We are responsible for more than 40% of the trans murders in the whole world since that they start getting the statistics in 2008. Um, and that it's tough. And when we see that live and we experience, not just uh, like the transphobia, but all the LGBTQ plus fabulous wow that is news to me I, di I did not know that so they lead the world in, in murders of, of transgendered um... yeah unfortunately there is not a, a good list to be at the top no uh, <laughs> i was just gonna say yeah you don't want to be <laughs> yeah and, and and it's really tough so every year uh we have the numbers uh from that the, the year uh, one organization uh, gets all the data and those cases are the reported ones. 
so that we know that we had or they were uh, considered a case of transphobia or homophobia uh, but how many others are just hidden in our societies and we don't know what it's happening we know that uh, some countries and cultures uh, people really face a hard time uh, more some countries they if for you being gay or lesbian trans death penalty it's your destiny and that it's really really sad and it, that that could be that could come from the government or from the society in general because someone you you ended up killed by someone yeah and i've heard that even in sort of like uh watching television shows or speaking with people you know where they go into another country unsuspecting to them they are found out to be um you know, within the yeah. LGBTQ plus um, spectrum, and then all of yeah. a sudden end up in jail, sentenced to death, all of these types yeah. of things. And, you know, in a society where we hope that we can be our authentic selves, which I love that you're discovering that journey, you would hope that you have the freedom to express yourself uh, as you are. And unfortunately, that is not always the case. So in Brazil, was there a specific time where you knew you were gay as you were growing up. Was there a time where you were like, I feel like this is, is, is who I am? Yeah. Um, what I can, what I record from my childhood, it's, I always feel attraction for, uh, to masculine identities. I had that, uh, but also I had the attraction to the feminine identities in a way. Uh, now I'm calling myself as like, yay, queer man. But, uh, I think that our sexuality is more than that, and <laughs> but that it's another topic. Uh, but I, I, I kind of knew it, but I had a challenge uh, to, for like to accept myself, who I was and who I am now. Um, and I have a gay, uh, a gay brother. He's older than me, and seeing like he's going on his path, I just real, uh, I just put in mind that I should be the one to be the straight one. Uh, and that was never asked to me. And years later, I came to Canada and like for the first time, just to improve my English, have an international experience and everything. And it was when I kind of realized that I was unhappy with who I was, that I was not I was living a bisexual life and that was uh, something that was giving me challenges and I just decided to go for what I, for who I would find happiness or that would just help, help me with my happiness. So, and then I became more like an openly gay queer man um, and that it's a process. Thank you for sharing so openly. I think that that internal struggle is one that uh, more people need to understand because, you know, even in the work that I've done in the community, um, even the suicide rates are so high within the community. And it, it really broke my heart because this is a new journey to learn about this community for myself. And it was really um, heartfelt when I could understand what was going through people's minds. Yeah, and as you're talking about homicide, uh, uh, suicide, sorry, um, that is a challenge 
that it's not just related to the LGBT plus communities. Uh, we have people, they are straight, but in a certain way that they face homophobia and they are going a different, like dealing with depression and suicide. It, that you have data that relate to suicide and those homophobia behaviors, even not for gay uh, people like for uh, members of the LGBTQ plus communities. Wow. We had yep. a case, sorry, we recently we had a case in Brazil, a straight uh, young boy. Really? Yeah. Are yeah. you still very connected back home to Brazil? Like in, in people and, and connections? Yeah, I have family. So I'm an immigrant to Canada. I came here uh, five years ago. It's something that we can talk about, like what it's been a gay immigrant in Canada. I totally <laughs> I want to. I totally. And well, I, I know that we do. Uh, yeah, but uh, it, it's hard to not just disconnect from your home, like from back home. And I follow the news. Uh, uh, I follow like what it's happening with the LGBTQ plus com- Well, the LGBTQ. Uh, community there. I've been involved with the Bra- some Brazilian uh, community members here. Uh, we organized two online Pride uh, events last year and this year uh, just to celebrate this connection between both countries because we are Brazilians but we're also Canadians as we are living in Canada and it's the path. So. I love that. I love that. So two things. The first one is I noticed that you made it a small correction when you were referencing the community or communities back home in Brazil versus here in Canada. So you said LGBTQ2+, and then you said LGBTQ uh, when you were referencing Brazil. Can you maybe share with me the, the difference? Um, yeah. In, in North America, uh, the indigenous communities, uh, the indigenous people, the, they use the, the term two-spirit or indigenous uh, or just LGBTQ indigenous uh, person for talking about their identities. And... The term two spirit is related to uh, First Nations uh, indigenous communities in North America. So some uh, in US and uh, Canada, it's really common. Uh, but when you're talking about other communities in other countries, uh, they if they don't have a similar term, or that you can replace, it's just not to use because it doesn't apply to that reality. So it's more, and it's how, uh, even when I'm writing um, something, I go with this difference. I'm talking to communities in Canada, so I'm including, uh, I'm adjusting the acronym. And the acronym is, at the end, it's a word to a big umbrella of gender identity, gender expressions, and sexual orientation. I love that. Thank you. I mean, that helps me so much with my own cultural competency and knowledge to to better understand these communities, right? Because once again, this is a journey for me as I learn more uh, and I immerse myself more in understanding the different marginalized communities who feel that they are underrepresented or not part of dominant culture. So, yeah. I mean, you had a brother that was older. He was he was gay. Uh, did that give he was, you? No, he is. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. Yes, he is gay. And and how did 
his openness um, sort of maybe pave a path for you uh, at all? Maybe it had no influence. No, it had, uh, but also like I experienced like some positive and negative impact okay. because of that. Uh, the positive were like, it would be easier. I would have access to all the resource. I'd be learning with him. I'd be following some of the steps that he was taking at the time. Uh, but at the same time, I faced the challenge that as someone asking me to be the straight one. And I was pushing that, hurting myself uh, for one identity that wasn't mine. Um, and that was like... and. For years, I experienced, as I mentioned, like our sexuality is more than you say, like, I like this and like that. And we can uh, meet a person and you feel the attraction uh, and that it could end up to be someone who is a cis man, a cis woman, a trans man, a trans woman. So we just need to be open and see, like, I, I will be happy with this person and just follow uh what are you feeling so uh as a, i was trying to say yes uh it helped me uh to have an older uh gay brother and have access to some resource but at the same time i faced the challenge because i just put in mind that i should care like the name of the family like having mm. kids and i can have kids i can raise a family being gay and that it's but at the time uh and when you're young you're just like oh no i need to raise go with these standards that you have in society absolutely i think one of the the most beautiful things is when i see a gay couple with a child and you could see the love and the affection and that's really what the child needs i mean you know they want to or, or or you know hopefully you have two loving parents but you know more love the better and and really it's just about the quality of the upbringing and the relationship versus yeah. whether the sexual identity or preference of those two parents are you know what dominant culture is looking for so yeah, you the, the Beatles were saying that all we need is love <laughs> <laughs> that is very true that is very true so i mean you know you jump on a plane you come here five years ago i'm sure you had some expectations as you know canada is sort of globally known as an inclusive country we celebrate this huge pride parade that is just a, a great celebration every year you get here, do you feel like the reality matched up with the perception of the inclusiveness for the LGBTQ2 plus community? Yeah, um, yes and no. Um, okay. I came to Canada twice before moving here, so it was helpful for my uh, process to accept who I am uh, or who I was at the time and who I am now. Um, but um, when I came here, I was, I just decided I'm not, I, I won't hide myself anymore. Uh, back home for professional experience uh, and jobs, uh, not disclosing my, my sexual identity, like my, it was a kind of protection. But in Canada, I knew that it's a different country. Uh, I was expecting a more acceptance. So I left my closet there. It 
it hadn't uh, space uh, to come with my luggage. Uh, and I I just decided I'm an openly gay man, as you introduced me. And I was mentioned uh, that I came with my husband, that I that I moved to Canada and some people there start uh, correct me to say that I have a partner or a spouse instead of saying the word husband. And I was like, oh, this is weird. And yeah, because you don't know if people will accept or not. So go start saying that you have a, a partner, a partner, maybe two, uh, three, four times. And then you mentioned that you have a husband. And I was like, oh, this is a little BS. And I and it was like my first contact to. I knew that I I'm not naive that I just find the paradise here and inclusion everywhere, um, but I start facing the first challenge from the conversations when I was just sharing. Uh, oh, I'm just new in the country, and they asked me, "Oh, are you alone or not?" And when I shared that piece, they were saying like, "Uh, yeah." So. It's welcoming, but it's also not so uh, warming. <laughs> it's not a warming well, uh, welcome. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, I would assume that you saying your husband, if you're confident and comfortable in saying that, then why should someone else feel discomfort and try to correct you uh, when you feel so comfortable? Because I do hear a lot of people say partner and I'll be honest with you, The uh, my bias automatically wonders, is this person using partner because of the fact that um, they are in, in an um, LGBTQ2 plus relationship? But sometimes that's not the case. Maybe, uh, you know, they're not married, this and that. But for you to openly say husband, I think that th that is you being your authentic self, but then someone else sort of pushing you back and saying, well, yeah, don't tell me it's your husband. Tell me it's your partner. That's yeah, weird. The, 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 when you're sharing like, words like partner or like spouse it's just neutral language that it could and people may assume or not that we are talking about uh that that person it's uh it's from the lgbtq plus communities as you have you just mentioned your own bias on that uh and we have ours uh that are just start assuming by the appearance by the way that the people express themselves um and but correcting, it's not someone for like using a spouse or wife, and you say like, oh, but you are, you are a member of the LGBTQ plus community. You should be using different words. No, just mirror the language. That it's for words like husband and wife if they are member of the communities. It's for pronouns. It's just mirror the language that that person is saying, and you have the respect. You just respecting that that person's identity is like people that usually have nicknames or they have uh, a long first name and they just go with a short version. How you would go? You just you start mirroring that language. Why in those words? Why not do with other aspects? And you just helping to create a more authentic self community that everyone you feel the sense of belonging, that you feel embraced, that they can be who they are. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Hey, listen, Louise, you're giving us so much 
great information in terms of just understanding, right? I think that that people just want to be understood. They want to be heard. They want to be respected. They want to be treated with dignity, like, you know, these sort of basic things. Now, when you got here, you mentioned, you know, there was a yes and no in terms of the uh, perception versus reality. Is there anything that really sticks out for you as that really was something that I did not expect when coming to Canada as a someone of the LGBTQ2 plus community? Yes, uh, I wasn't expect like to hear the example that I shared uh, because I was in a place uh, that they work with immigrants. They, it wasn't like just I was shopping and suddenly I went to a, I was in a store and the person just asked me. No, it was a in in an environment that I felt protect to share that piece of information. Because they asked me, and I just shared. Uh, it's not like you go to grab a burger somewhere else, and people, someone you ask like, "Oh, you okay? You want a lettuce, bacon, and mayo? And are you from here? Are you alone?" It's not. You don't have that kind of conversations. Um, so it was the first uh, ex like bad experience, but I heard the f word in the bus uh not dealing with anything i've seen I, i've witnessed uh other homophobic comments or like behaviors uh, against someone uh and i even experienced that in the workplace like applying for a job i i heard uh because i had friends working with that situation they just told me that the person who was in charge the person is homophobic and doesn't want uh, it didn't want to hire someone that they knew that the person was a member of the LGBTQ plus community. So uh, it was like really, really harsh to to realize what happened to me. And even when I tried to report, I got a backlog. I I I I I have gotten the support that I was expecting. Yeah, you know, there's um. I've, I've come to notice this very recently um, for minorities and, and marginalized communities um, that are not a part of dominant culture, that there is a liability aspect to being honest and truthful about some of the, the slights or microaggressions or just explicit hate um, and discrimination that happens out there. And unfortunately, you know, you are left to feel marginalized even further. Um, while yeah. trying to raise your voice. And it's interesting. Um, sorry, were you going to say something? Yeah, uh, and it's just, it's just talking about the marginalized. And then when you're an immigrant, <laughs> that it's also part because depends on the status of your immigration, you might try to pursue, like, and do something. Or, oh, if I maybe start that, I won't be uh, getting my like I won't be able to renew my visa or I they will not give the PR or the citizenship. It, it, it's really harsh for immigrants here uh, to move forward with some issues related to their own identities. And it could be like uh, the, the when you're talking about LGBTQ plus uh, people or if it's other uh 
aspects. Uh, Islamophobia, it's been huge. We had a case recently in London, Ontario, uh, that a family was killed by someone. So that th those issues, we just keep in uh, the marginalized communities or minorities, they are not welcome when we are here together in a multicultural country. Absolutely. I'm an immigrant myself, and uh, I agree with many of those sentiments, and especially, you know, the Islamophobia that happened in London. That really affected me because my daughter's mom is, is uh, her family's of the Muslim culture. I grew up with, I have family members within my own family that are of Muslim culture. So it just, it hurts my heart to know that someone is just walking down the street and they have that fear, you know, like you mentioned earlier, like you're just being yourself in a bus and someone's calling out, with certain words that are derogatory and you know what i was going to say earlier with respect to you at work in brazil you sort of kept your identity sort of in the closet if you will you come here and you share it openly and then you're sort of left to feel like you shouldn't have done that right or or, or there is a liability to you doing that because you didn't get the job because you were openly okay with your sexual identity yeah but then I different from the from what happened in Brazil here I knew that I would have support from life uh, I didn't uh, internally when I start trying to report what is happening I mentioned uh, to few people and at the end was like nothing happening but it gave me the strength to now to be working in at Predator Work Canada, to use that experience and what happened with me to support to not happen with someone else. That doesn't matter if it's a Canadian born, if it's an immigrant, the, it's not the fact. It's like, we shouldn't be not considered for job position because of some aspects of our identities. We need to check if, or are you a good professional? You are. You have the commitment. You have this and have the other skills and knowledge. That it's important. But your appearance, uh, your faith, uh, if with who you are, that it's not the point. That it's not inside this professional uh, umbrella. Absolutely, and uh, you know a lot of it boils back down into intergenerational teaching bias etc 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 and i mean i love that you folks stand up for your community because you know if you don't who will right we are trying to move this needle forward for a more inclusive environment for all right yeah. because i think you said it if your skills and abilities match then it shouldn't matter what my skin color sexual identity or orientation is or any of that it should matter that i can do the job and yeah. that's what's and important. also and also, it's like setting up for future generations. Like we had people in the past doing for us today. So if you had, if we advance it to the level that we are now, and that it's not perfect, we need to continue pushing to to create like a more inclusive society that will respect ourselves in the future, uh, and. The challenge, uh, the challenge now, and we need to honor those who have died for us, many of them, 
will face like uh, discriminations and other uh, challenges in life, uh, just trying to fight for their authentic self. So we need to continue fight, not just for us, for them and for those who are coming in the, the future. We're talking about not the, the generation that it's now, but it, the, the, those that will be born in 50 years. Absolutely, my friend. The whole reason I started this company was for my daughter because, you know, if she wanted to become openly gay, I want her to have the respect and the support and the access that anyone has. And I think it's so important with the work that you folks are doing. You know, one of the things that I am always cognizant of is there is homophobia out there. There are people who are homophobic. They uh, discriminate. They harass some of them, this community. And it has lasting damaging effects, both, you know, psychologically as well as, uh, you know, to the individuals and the communities themselves. Can you maybe share with us some of the things that people might be able to do, some actionable steps that they might be able to do to sort of either A, step in or B, maybe not, you know, perpetuate this homophobia what are your thoughts on this, Louise? Yeah, uh, I think first we need to check uh, before doing and intervening in the situation. It's look to yourself, see what kind of comments, jokes, expressions that you use, and that it's not related to uh, the LGBTQ plus communities. That it could be like related to uh, racism. We have some bad uh, we as a society we we have expressions that is just perpetuating that so what uh is just before doing check your own bias check what you your what you were reproducing we it's hard because we've been reproducing models standards for e from years and to break that that and start something new, it's hard, but and but it's not impossible. It's why I've been like promoting inclusive language. Uh, use people were taught some. I, I've seen some discussions of people uh, mention like, oh, but the pronouns they them it's plural, and but we have so many cases that we apply that in a singular. Just go with that, and other languages it's. It's it's more complex, like the French one, that it's one of the official languages of this country. Uh, it's more complex to adjust the neutral, but just go to learn, go uh, try to learn something new, try to do something, and when you check and you're there, you might if you you're in a bus and you hear something, you, if you see that that person. It's dealing well with the situation. Maybe just to need to be next to say like, oh, you're not hurting this person anymore because that person is not alone. And just, you don't need to say something, but you just need to stand up and be with that person. If you see that the person, maybe it's unprotected and you're in a situation that if you and other folks, you can try to be a barrier or some uh, uh, to remove what it's happening there do it but it's like it's action it's you need to do something uh that it could be saying or just supporting that person 
And if you need to call like uh, police or someone else for support and to intervene in a, in a different way, do it. I love that. I love that you started with looking internally, right? I think that self-awareness is probably one of the most important things on this journey of change because once again, I mean, we are the change that we could be in the world, right? And I think that that's something yeah. that you have embraced with some of your work that you're doing because you've experienced certain things and you want to, like you said, pave a way for the community or the communities that are coming ahead, 50 yeah. plus years down the road. And I think that's beautiful. You know, here there's something that maybe you can help for the audiences. You mentioned pronouns and, you know, there's people who use pronouns. There's people who don't use pronouns. I'm on LinkedIn. I, I, you know, I noticed that they've recently introduced pronouns. There's a bunch of other social media organizations that have started to introduce these pronouns. Can you maybe share with us uh, what the pronouns mean to the communities and why people should, um, embrace it yeah uh the pronouns means it's part of your identity is how you express yourself uh so using the the pronouns that could be the ones that we have in english uh or the new other ones that relate to the language is just one way to respect someone that would be respect the identity of someone if you if uh, some, when someone uh, has a nickname that doesn't like, that it would be hurting. It's microaggressions, as you, we mentioned before. Uh, and that could lead to a more, uh, uh, to change the mental health aspect. But when you respect the identity of someone, you're just creating the sense of belong and that that person can feel embraced by those who are surrounding them. And it's just useful. Uh, 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 English, it's pretty easy to go with neutral language, uh, but do your part. If someone is saying that the pronoun is that one, check. If you're not sure, use a, like try to use neutral language until you have the respect. Learn how to use, how to check, uh, uh, how to um, to express. If you are not aware uh, of the pronouns that that person, share yours before. So maybe it's one way. Uh, one thing that I used to do it uh, when, I'm, when I was in in-person meetings with different folks that I'm not uh, uh, sure, this is one tip. I just start having a map of the, 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 from the, the that room and where everyone is seated. And so they will be maybe introduce they're introducing themselves and they'll be sharing. Oh, my name is Luis and my pronouns him him. And Victor, my pronouns him him. So I'll be just mapping and because if you're in the discussion a few minutes later, I'll be able to use the correct pronoun. Gotcha. So you sort of like you will look at the room, you will survey it, you will listen actively to what yeah. people are saying, and then you will go ahead and embrace that language to make sure you're respecting that individual yeah. in conversation. And you can practice. Uh, just, uh, you can, if you're, not, if, you're, if you're not sure, you can practice. Uh, you maybe can nominate, you can create an imaginary friend that we are talking all the time, and you'll be using the pronoun. So you become familiar. Uh, you can... Uh, this is something that my, my husband and I, we do. Uh, we try, we, sometimes we give names to objects at home. Uh, 
so and I was just pushing to like not just give names but give like piece of identities and using the pronouns because it was one way of helping him to use pronouns for people uh, that then that that he's not aware because I'm in the field he's not so I uh, I. He's kind of the target that uh, the work that we do. I also need to share with him because he'll be promoting that. In even it's not directly, but just the way of using the correct language with someone, you'll be uh, the the right way to do something for future generations. I love that. That's amazing, and that you guys come up with cool and different ways to embrace the learning right i think that that's what it is and then you know like you mentioned earlier like language like we learn how to speak at a very young age i'm sure for you uh your journey to speaking english if if portuguese i'm assuming would be your first language is that correct Yes. Yeah, Portuguese. Yes. So as you as you embark on this journey, it's still new sometimes, right? In terms of the enunciation, the pronunciation, and it's no different for people who are engaging with different communities to better understand their language and the things that are important to them. Yeah, and one thing that you can do is when you're learning, if you're learning a new language, you can start to learn since the beginning the neutral language of that language, the neutral aspects. I'm learning French again. Uh, I did in the past, uh, years before moving to Canada, and now I'm learning again. I'm working for a bilingual organization and just improving the French that I had, uh, that, that I learned in the uh, uh, years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and But since my first class, when the, the, the teacher is sharing the content, I'm asking like about neutral pronouns, neutral language. So how can I use this? And uh, some exercise with the class, uh, please describe this picture. And someone just go like, oh, there is a man wearing black. And I just go like, there is a person wearing black. That it's one way to, because I don't know that I, the identity of that person. So I'm assuming, and and when it, it's, it's a, like, we need to find more creative ways to learn and to practice what have been learned. Very interesting and very cool. I think that that is, you know, just once again, it's the unlearning and relearning of, of the things that allow us to build more inclusive environments, treat others with respect and dignity and recognize them for how they would like to be recognized. And I think that's super important. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I'd come across recently was someone who, well, actually there's two situations. So I'd love your thoughts on this. The first one was someone who mentioned that they are pronoun agnostic, um, which means that they do not subscribe to pronouns. They it's, it's, it's not a part of who they are. What are your thoughts around that? Is that, um, is that someone's right to choose or is that someone's just sort of, uh, you know, being, um, could that be seen as a, a microaggression towards the community? What, what are your thoughts about Because when I saw it, I was just like, huh, interesting. I just go with a learning piece. Uh, maybe it's someone doesn't identify with he or she or even the they, and you have other pronouns for that. We have, uh, I know, we know people that they use all the pronouns, doesn't matter which one. Um, they have, we have people that they have multiple pronouns, so that they use multiple pronouns uh, in a way that 
you can call that person uh, by she, her, they, them, or they, them, she, her. If you see what it's coming first, that it's, uh, we don't say preference, uh, preferred pronouns because you're not ice cream. I learned that with my boss. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's like, if you see like two pronouns for someone, they're different. The first one, you'd be like the preference. Uh but considering, but they are not the preferred pronouns. They are the the person's pronouns, but there is one that sets better uh, with the the identity uh, when you're talking about fluid. And those who don't don't want to use pronouns, also they are common. Um, and just continue repeat instead of using the pronouns, just repeat the name. That. J- yeah, and just, it's it's one way to adjust the language, and right. you know, uh, the pronouns are to help with some grammar aspect. But you can have grammar; you keep the the correct grammar when I just repeating the name. Absolutely. Maybe it could be like, uh, uh, so, could sound weird, but grammatically it's correct. And you're respecting the person, right? So if I say Louise, I, you know, it's just this is I I know that I'm referencing you. I don't have to you know, say he, him, they, them, because I may or may not know that as yet, right? And and I think you were saying about using neutral language till you understand how someone, um, what their personal preferences are, as you mentioned, right? So No personal preference because it's with their identities, because it's part of the identities. Because pronouns, we don't you don't have preferred pronouns. Not preferred, but just, you did mention preference uh, earlier. So yeah, what was... Yeah, uh, the want... preference is uh, that I was trying to, to point it. When you have two pronouns, people that use two pronouns, then the first one, it might be the preferred, but you can use both. Gotcha. And one also one way to respect that person, it's using both in the conversation. Okay. So in one moment, if the person has uh, like is he, him, they, them, right? you might in one sentence use he, him, or depends what are you saying. And right. the other one, like five minutes later, use they, them, and then you move back. So because it's the fluidity that it's part of who we are. Gotcha. Thank you for clarifying that. And that's why, I mean, I think the biggest thing is that people... Um, on this journey, you have to be okay with, with, with speaking and then just being comfortable in the space and the people that you're talking to, to allow for correction. Because once again, I mean, I don't claim to know it all. Right. And I don't think you do either, but we're always learning. Cause you mentioned earlier that your boss had pointed something out to you. Right. So as we're on this journey of learning, it's about creating, um, just sort of repetition and and hopefully not in the bad habits, but, you know, correcting those habits and, and becoming more inclusive in our language and our behaviors and uh, removing and interrupting some of our biases. Now, you know, one of the things that I recognize is that you mentioned you are evolving um, to become your authentic self. And that is a journey. What advice would you give to those that are also evolving in their journey? Uh, that it's that is tough because it's a process. It's a different process for every single person. But what I'm doing, I, I try to be open to everything that it's around me, uh, even it's not what I practice or what I believe. But I'll be respecting, 
and it uh and as i start this conversation i'm learning all the time so just be open to learn something new doesn't regardless what it's the topic but you can learn that you can do coffee in a different way that you can add this then you can create that and just don't be like so uh narrow-minded for some aspects in life and because we are more than seven billion people in this planet and everyone has a single identity even twins <laughs> and and they could be like totally different uh in the personality the behavior and everything so it just go and respect that it's i think it's the big word just respect uh the others and the second tip it's like learn with the others if you have and see if when if you're sharing something that it could also be a a moment for you to learn from yourself so you be learning with the others and you're part of the others i love that and you know that's some great actionable advice that people can take as they evolve in their own authenticity and you had mentioned something and you just reiterated it again um in sort of those tidbits that you provided was that you as you speak here today that you would also be learning as well um from yourself as you as, as you speak what if anything at this point of the conversation have you learned from yourself i think uh one of the point was going back to the past and that i could that i can see from a different perspective about the journey that that takes me to now um talking about my brother the and i just realized the relationship how was the positive and negative impact from there it's just i can see from a different perspective and that i can try to use in my day by day uh when i was mentioning the 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 the, the joke it's not a joke but like what I, my husband and I, we play with giving names to some objects is like, oh, I think that I need to do more because I need to practice more for this and that. So it's just realize that we, I can do more, not just for myself, but for the communities that are around me, regardless like gender identity, gender expression and sexual orientation. I love that. And you know what you have given us today a different perspective and that's ultimately what we're trying to do is is to allow people to share their lived experiences provide different perspectives even though it may not be your lived experience it is someone else's and if we can learn together unlearn and community come together we can build communities that are all safe and inclusive for everyone and you know you mentioned a word respect which i think is really important so one of the questions we ask every guest that comes on our show, how do you think as a society we can move closer to a culture of belonging and respect? Learning with each other. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the piece that we are all the time learning. We are not here to teach. I'm not here to, to teach. I'm just sharing some of my experience. You may learn from there. You may just resignate 
with you and in few years you oh i remember that so it's just one moment that if we're open-minded for the different for the difference for the others you'll be learning and you be mirror and you when you learn you'll be mirroring some behaviors some aspects and you'll be respecting and you'll be creating the sense of belonging because you also feel embraced by the world that you are creating love it i love it thank you so much for that where can people find you uh you can find me on linkedin uh, my profile is there, Luisa Wushunobri. I work for Pride at Work Canada, Fiertel Travail Canada. Visit our website, www.prideatwork.ca. Follow us on social media, and it's one way to interact with me. Amazing. Well, everyone, there you have it. You have the truth according to Louise Augusto Nobre. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invite. And I hope that one day I can come back and share a different Louise. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. Our show is sponsored by Discourse. We build belonging into the DNA of DEI. You can visit us on the web at discourseagency.com or check out our YouTube channel, Discourse Agency. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave a review, drop a comment, and most importantly, share it with a fellow human. Thank you so much for your support. And remember, your truth is your experience. Bye for now.